Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is the Batter Up Podcast for September the 1st. Willie P., Caleb Johnson, and Joe Patrick. Hope you're enjoying yourself uh, after a Braves victory over the Red Sox last night that I'm sure really nobody wants to talk about. They all want to talk about the Braves' action or lack thereof at the trading deadline. We say hello to Caleb Johnson. Hey, I'm here. (laughs) Hello to Joe Patrick. Caleb eventually made it this morning. We are all grateful for his presence. So (laughs) I I want to go back because I think when we heard Alex Anthopoulos say this at the beginning, before before this whole exercise even started, I think we all were very much anticipating what the trade deadline could be. You know, I hope that come the end of August that we're in a position where we want to act, right? That would be, uh, you know, you don't know, like you said, in a small sample size. Um, you know, it doesn't, you just don't know what kind of start you're going to get off to. You know, we've all seen it, guys. Players get off the slow starts, teams get off the slow starts. Conversely, guys go the other way. They get off the hot, hot starts on both, both sides. So you just hope that um, a month into it, um, you're right there and you're in a position to add. And, um, you know, that's obviously, you know, what the goal is, is going to be. Um, and I, I would expect that, you know, just like any other year, you have a chance to win and a chance to get better. Um, I would expect clubs to, to take advantage of uh, the ability to make trades. Now, when hearing that, do you, does your mind automatically shift to, let's go get Tommy Malone? I mean, I'm just saying, (laughs) that's the part of it that has a lot of Brave fans somewhat perturbed this morning. I understand what the asking price was. I understand that teams have the Braves by the cojones, in a sense. And I also understand the dichotomy that the Braves have here with their farm system. They've got top-heavy talent between Pache, Waters, and... The two catchers, uh, Contreras and Langoliers, Langoliers is a lot farther away. And they also have, of course, the two young pitchers that haven't been used yet, and Tucker Davidson and Patrick Weigel. Of course, Ian Anderson is considered a prospect, but I think people believe that he is a real big part of what the Braves need to do to win now. My problem is that you can't hold on to these guys forever. And I understand that the Braves fans and Braves fans have been conditioned I think that these guys mean the world, but I just don't see how holding on to all of them when their careers are very largely undefined in a year as crazy as this one where you have a young core and the ability to go for it, I don't understand why you don't make a move. The floor. Let me, uh, let me again, use Alex Anthopoulos to, to maybe explain this. You know, obviously, uh, it was the guys that we were very reluctant to move and a bunch off of our, a bunch of young guys off our big league team, 
got asked about. Um, it was tough to take away, and, and we have some good young players that are currently on the roster. So I don't think the Braves were unwilling to move the likes of Tuki Dusan, Sean Newcomb, well, any of really those those contingents of starting pitchers that we've seen so far this year. And I think other guys in the minor league system, they all also would have been willing to move. I think the problem for the Braves at this trade deadline was that other teams wanted young players that were currently on their major league roster. That's as far as Alex Anthopoulos was willing to say. But to me, that says Ian Anderson, Austin Riley, most likely, potentially even somebody maybe a little bit more prominent than that. And I don't know if you can afford to give up any of the the guys that you really have, any of those young players that are on the major league roster right now. So first of all, there's been a lot of disrespect thrown at Tommy Malone's name these fat, these past couple days. Strike thrower Tommy Malone. <laughs> oh man. I did find it fascinating that he said after his start, he said, you know, one of the problems that he has is he throws too many strikes. And that like, <laughs> I didn't know there was uh, such a thing in a Brian Sticker know, right, ball, yeah. ball club. Someone coming from covering the Braves. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. Um, but listen, it, it was just a very I, I have a ton of sympathy for Alex Anthopoulos, and I'm probably going to spend the majority of this podcast kind of defending him to a certain degree, because I think it was just a really, really tough trade market for a lot of these top clubs to participate in. And when you and it's not just the Braves, the Yankees didn't make substantial upgrades. A lot of teams that are actually in first place were not the ones that were making big moves. It was a lot of the Marlins, the Blue Jays, the, you know, these teams that are on the cusp and we see or not even on the cusp, but just have a chance to make the playoffs. And when you look at the National League, uh, Ken Rosenthal had an article kind of recapping the trade deadline this morning, and he mentions that, you know, in the in the NL, all but three games are within two and a half games of a playoff spot right now. So there's not a lot of teams that are giving up and even teams that we thought maybe sellers a couple of weeks ago, like the Reds. Um, you know, a lot of people were thinking, is Trevor Bauer a guy that the Braves could potentially try to make a deal for the Reds were out there acquiring bullpen help and and, and bolstering their team as well. So. I think that not only was it difficult because you didn't have teams that wanted to sell, but also a lot of those teams that you thought might be in a selling position were not even they, they were like flipped. They were actually buying, not selling. So um, just I don't know, just a very difficult trade market to to navigate. And I I think that if you're, you know, Alex Anthopoulos would have loved to make a deal. I think he obviously would have liked to, in a perfect world, bolster the starting staff. But again, it comes down to we could look at these um, we could look at these potential deals on a on a deal by deal basis and argue whether we would have made them or not. Like, would you have traded uh, Drew Waters and Austin Riley for Mike Clevenger? Yes, absolutely. That's interesting. I would not do that. I don't give. I don't, I don't give a damn. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I really don't care. The team is so depleted with pitching right now. I'm sorry. You could go get Todd Frazier to play third base. Like, I'm sorry. I don't give a damn. I'm sorry. I almost cursed. The, I, I don't care. I don't care about Drew Waters. I don't care about Christian Pache. I don't care about what these guys could do next year. I want to win now. Sorry. Sorry. Hey, Will, uh, can can we have a, a round of applause for the Braves? We, sure. I, I feel like we need to have a round of applause. You know, I mean, they're, they're 2020 champions. Of what? Prospect champions. Come on now. Oh, come on. Come on, prospect <laughs> champions. Give them a get. round of applause. I mean, oh. it's one of those, yeah. Hey, 2020 look. alternate site champions. Gotta yeah, love we, it. Yeah, we held on to those prospects, man. We, you know, I mean, they are gonna be something someday. 
whether it's next year, two years, five years from now, man, they are going to be something someday. And I'm just so thankful as an Atlanta fan. Straw straw man argument. Straw man (laughs) argument. Did you just hear what Alex Anthopoulos said? He said that teams wanted players from the major league roster. You're weakening your major league roster. Wanted to get Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albis off the major league roster. No, that was in past years. Uh, Yeah. So that that to me is just. But that was trying to defend himself. Yeah, but but that's moving the goalposts. Like that's this whole time we've kind of been. Uh, and not not you specifically, Joe. Just I feel like Alex Anthopoulos. A lot of this has been moving the goalpost of like, well, I mean, you know, it's just so tough, and we don't want to give up big a- assets, and you know, I mean, in the past, look, we, guys were asking for Ronald Acuna, and we didn't do that. We held on to those guys, and look how they are now. And it's like, okay. Well, but why did it take you 30 games to call up Ian Anderson and everybody's just kind of closing their eyes and peeking through a little corner of their hand like maybe it'll work out. And then he looked incredible and it's like, okay, so so maybe this can work, but this is still you you can't expect to bring up any more of these guys for 30 more games and win a World Series like that's what we're here to do is win a World Series. And as this team stands right now, this is not a World Series winning team. Absolutely I, not. No, I, I just, this rotation is not good enough to win a World Series. I think if you I don't added, know if it's good enough to win a series. I think it could because it's baseball. It's baseball and you see it happen all the time. You see, you know, the Nationals weren't supposed to be what they were last year. However, they had pitching. They had starting pitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing that we don't have uh, is starting and, pitching. And I think that it's just, it is one area that for whatever reason, this team is just undervaluing and, and saying we'll figure it out. And and last night on the Brace broadcast, we got fed this garbage of Mike fulton just figuring it out. I mean, oh, you know, he was 10 pounds. Caleb. Oh, he, no, he 20. I, th- oh, I think he lost 20 pounds is what they said. And he was gaining it back. And his, his fastball went from 88. And now it's at 94. And blah blah blah. I'm sure they'll start selling us on Cole Hamels. And oh, like, they have. look, oh, they say he threw a bullpen. He threw 25 pitches yesterday, Caleb. Did you not I get, see that? I get not wanting to give up major league talent, guys that are currently on your roster, because I'm sure teams called and wanted Pache, and I'm sure they wanted Austin Riley. Um, who knows who else that they called and asked for? I like, I get. Uh, I, I get being stuck on guys and not wanting to give up precious talent that you've spent a lot of time on because these guys have been in your minor league system for so long because you didn't want to give them up. <laughs> and and now we're seeing so many of these guys kind of flake out that like, look, I honestly, honestly, I believe Drew Waters can be a stud in this league, but he's not right now. And he's, he's either going to be Chipper Jones or Jeff Francoeur, one of those but, two. Well, those are the extremes right now. But honestly, neither of those are bad. But you head into mm. a year. But you head into a year where, like, currently as it stands, the outfield is getting crowded. Drew happens to play that position, and so it just seemed like he was a guy, a, a marquee piece that you could try to move to get a Clevenger. I, I mean, I just I, I got so stuck after. After seeing what the Padres traded for him, I think it was, what, 7, 9, and 11 on their prospect list. And so I pulled up the Braves prospect list, 7, 9, and 11 
are Kyle Muller, Tucker Davidson, and Oscar Enoa. And like Braves fans are like, whoa, that would be some big names. And honestly, you guys heard me and Joe kind of preaching about Tucker Davidson being the guy that the Braves call up even before we had Ian Anderson. And I thought that was the thing to do. Here's the problem. They called up Ian Anderson, not Tucker Davidson. We haven't heard Tucker Davidson's name. We didn't see him pitch in the in the game that they had over at Truist Park. Like, his name has just been forgotten. So, clearly, they don't have all the faith in him f- to see him on the Major League roster right now. And right now is what they is where they need help. So, if he was a guy you could trade in order to get a Mike Clevenger, who, yes, is older but seems ready to play right now, and you're trying to win right now, I honestly believe, and I, I sorry, I know I've been going on a tangent, I honestly believe that Alex Anthopoulos and this front office looked at their roster and said, even if we add Mike Clevenger, we might still not win a World Series, so we're just not willing to go all in, and I guess it is what it is, this team just isn't going far in the playoffs. I will say this before before you speak, Joe. There is an assertion that this was a problem that was not created based off of what happened this season. It's been created over the couple of winters where they knew they needed starting pitching, and the only additions they made were Dallas Keuchel and Cole Hamels, and that they had a glimmer of hope in guys that weren't deserving of that hope, guys like Bryce Wilson, Tuki Toussaint, uh, Sean Newcomb, etc., Fultonevich. And I would not necessarily be inclined to disagree with that because there were guys out there. Yes, they cost a pretty penny. And I'm not going to get into the financial constraints that were part of this particular season. But before we had a pandemic, you're in a market where you should, I, I say should, I don't have access to their books, you should be able to spend money. But philosophically, they've never wanted to spend money on other people's developed pitching. They either wanted to spend it on one-year-at-a-time veterans or guys who are just placeholders. They've never wanted to spend the money on a prime pit- a pitcher in his prime that's been developed by another team. They've always felt that they are the smarter ones and that they can develop their own pitching. And I just, I've never been a proponent of developing your own pitching because you end up having situations where you have guys have Tommy Johns, where you have guys who have freak injuries, like what happened to Mike Soroka. Again, you can't necessarily blame that on the Braves, but these are the things that happen when you try to develop your own pitching. And granted, you can have Soroka and Freed, but you're going to have 60% of the other guys probably flame out. And that's what you're seeing with the rest of the cast of characters right now that's sitting in the Gwinnett, uh, as Randy McMichael calls it, the Wankster Wagon. Like, that's well, that, that's that's what you have. You have all these guys who are just quote-unquote guys. Well, the other problem is this is an argument I've heard uh, since the trade deadline. A lot of Braves fans and, and some of our coworkers are going with the, well, you just can't, you, you can't put too much into this season why not because because it's a 60 game season and that's exactly what i'm saying i'm going hold on did i not hear alex anthopoulos before this season started say we're all in we're trying to win a world series this year we don't care that it's a shortened season we you know we don't care the circumstances around it we're all in to go win 
And so for then you to get to the trade deadline and it's kind of like, well, I mean, we just can't give up assets for 30 games that's left. Just seems like you're just changing the argument. San Diego <laughs> Padres haven't won, haven't been to the playoffs in 14 years, and they went all in with like 10 moves. Go ahead, and Joe. Here, and here's, sorry. Go ahead, Caleb. Be finished. Sorry, one more. It's just, and the the thing I'm that notes. Pe- I'm taking notes. I'll address all your faulty issues in just a second. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, the thing that the Padres Joe looks like have, he's at a deposition right now. Yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, no, hit me. I mean, hit me back. The the thing about the Padres is. What people will focus on is they did all of this and it still might not work. And you know what? It might not. They sold a lot of their farm system off. They are going all in, even though the players that they have on the major league roster, they have team control for like, I think the next three years, most of them. Uh, As far as their farm system goes, it's somewhat depleted based on all of the talent that they sold off. However, they saw that their major league talent is capable of winning a World Series as it stands right now, and they shoved their chips to the center of the table and went all in. And it's just one of those things, as a Braves fan, just once I'd like to see that happen. Just just once. It may not work, you know what? But at least we tried. And I just, I feel defeated at this trade deadline as a Braves fan. Because it feels like we went, well, ah, you know, got to save the money, got to save the talent, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> okay, so um, where, do I, where do I start here? <laughs> First of all, let me, let me caveat all this by saying that I think that Alex Anthopoulos wanted to make a move. I, th- I, I believe him when he says that the team clearly knows it has uh, deficiencies in its starting rotation, and it wanted to address them. It did, you know, I, your people are going to laugh. They did sign Tommy Malone. He's a functional guy that, that at least signals that the team was looking to address this issue and that they clearly identified. I mean, it's obvious. Everybody knows they need help in the starting rotation. I think that what, what your argument, Caleb, that you want to see this team push the chips into the middle of the table and, uh, and really make a push at a world series. I think that would have been much more likely had Mike Soroka not gotten injured. I agree with I you. I think that it's like it's like if you're if we're making these poker analogies about putting our chips in the table, it's like um the dealer threw you a card and it flipped over and it was an ace. So you like you don't have, you know, and so that card is off the table and now you're it's like would you do you still try to try to push chips into the table when you've seen an ace be burned um and you've got one in your hand? knowing that it's less likely that your that your hand's going to hit. I mean like to me the point is that if you add Mike Clevenger to this current rotation is that really elevating you to a different plane this season in terms of winning a world series. I think um, it could. I think it could. I, I yeah, I think it, could. it does if you're as optimistic about well, these other jamokes that but, you feel like you are with Hamels and Fulty, etc. But there's a big difference. I think that if if you have Soroka and you've got Soroka freed and then you can add Clevenger to that and have that starting ro- have that three man rotation for a playoff series, that would be for me. If I was a GM, I would have more incentive to do Clevenger and that deal, because then you're put you're turning the rotation into a freaking 
powerhouse. But, but hey, Joe, still under hey, Joe, control. Control. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. Joe, you could. I know, have, I know, like, I know he is. I, I know he's still under one year of team control. I know he's still under one year of team control. And we were texting about this earlier. Yeah. And I was I was down for yeah. a Clevenger trade um, be, simply because of that. I, I was like salivating at the thought of, you know, Soroka coming back at the earliest timetable and him being ready most of the next season. And then you have this top three of those three guys going into next season as well. But I just don't, you know, I think that the, that that specific deal would have been more likely to happen had Soroka actually not gotten injured, which might sound counterintuitive at first glance, but that's just how I feel about it. So it's one of those, because I, I had a, a guy, who, ironically, his name is Caleb, a uh, guy, Caleb Cook, who hit me up on Twitter, and he was like, <clears throat> I don't think adding Clevenger makes this a World Series team. And I was like, I disagree, because... As I've said before on this podcast, I think you need three starters once you hit the playoffs, and you can figure it out with three starters. You'll need more than that to start with, uh, but once you get down to the nitty-gritty of the playoffs, you need three starters. So you're telling me Max Freed, followed by Mike Clevenger, followed by Ian Anderson, which I get it. Like We've only seen him pitch once, and he might flop. The rest of the season, but I just felt like going into the playoffs with those three guys as your main starters, and then you have the option of Tommy Malone, Josh Tomlin, enter name here, who could come in. I felt like that was enough of a team to win a World Series. As it stands right now, I don't think when you're <laughs> when you're still trying to figure it out after your Number two starter, I just don't see that being enough to to get you over the hump. And the fact that they could have brought him back next year and you just had a juggernaut of a starting rotation. It mm-hmm. just, you know, it was one of those, if that would have taken, because, I mean, look, the Padres, and we're, we're focusing a lot around the Clevenger deal, but it's because that is the one confirmed deal that the Braves were all seem to be all in on and so if you held on to Austin Riley and Drew Waters and were and didn't want to make that deal I'm just I I just don't think that was a good idea personally I I think I kind of threw that out there we don't have confirmation that that was the deal but that's the kind of deal we're looking at I do want to just um throw in because uh Alex Anthopoulos was actually asked about the Clevenger deal on the conference call yesterday uh this was his general reaction yeah, I mean, obviously, a guy like Clevenger, for example, is an impact starter. Uh, clearly, he was the best starter moved, no doubt about it, and um, with a lot of control and tremendous ability. And, you know, that was a very you know, strong deal for both sides. And that was going to be a big deal, take a big package and so on, right, rightfully so. So if you were to ask me in terms of a frontline impact starter, you know, unless there's some deals that came in late here, uh, he was the only one moved. So it's interesting to me that he that he admits that like Clevenger was the only quote unquote impact starter that was moved, which to me signals that like that would be the guy that at the Braves would have been going after. Yeah. I would also be interested. I'm sure they were talking with the Rangers about Lance Lynn. Really interesting. The fact that he never moved. Right. And that's to me seems like uh, the Rangers maybe overplayed their hand. Well, that's but, the thing. Uh, anyway, so. I'm kind of the other now. part of this again, like you said, Joe, it comes from the seller's side, which there weren't that many. And I w- and I will concede that 
the fact that Clevenger is the only guy moved is very makes it very curious, and again makes me wonder just what these teams that had equity to move thought that they had or thought that they were going to realistically get. But even like I said, a, a guy like Clevenger for a package that involved Waters and Riley and maybe another lower level prospect. I'm I'm not balking at that because that move helps you win. And and like I said, I I don't know how you can with absolute confidence and with conviction go to your fan base and say I made the team better. Like that's that and and again, I understand that the trade deadline is such a crapshoot every year and and we gave Alex Anthopoulos a ton of credit last year for making over the bullpen and turning it into something that actually looked like it was able to compete in October but I also think that there is some fault to be put on him for putting this team in this position look I, I'm I'm always of the opinion that you can never have too much starting pitching case in point this year we thought the Braves had a surplus in starting rotation coming into the year and for a variety of reasons they have gone by the wayside with that position position and that position is now the weak point of this ball club and I almost feel like we talk about two different teams when we talk about the Braves we talk about the Braves when Max Fried starts and we talk about the Braves when everybody else starts and the Braves and everybody else starts are one in ten so that's not exactly a winning formula, and if you want to preach a winning formula to a fan base that knows you have a young core, you have an aging Freddie Freeman, and you have some talent that basically is all on the books for one year to try and make this run, I don't understand how you can look at the fan base in the eye and tell the truth and say, we think we have a ball club that can win the World Series, because I don't think you can. No, you you, you don't have it. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Is they made, you know, the Tommy then Malone move. What's it all move. worth? Then is my is my question. Then so, what's it all worth? Is it yeah, my question. I don't know. I th- I think honestly, and uh, you know, there's various number of people who told us when it happened that well, the the you know the Braves can figure it out. When when Mike Soroka went down, I think that was the moment of the season where you just agree. I totally agree. Yeah, where where it changed the trajectory of where this team saw itself this season. Yeah. Um, my, my only fear is what's cause you're still going to have to add starting pitching at the right. end. Of that the, was the other thing. The just because Soroka was here or not like, did not mean that this rotation was, was anything but set. Well, but, and going forward, like next year and you know, the years moving forward. And, and so I just wonder, Look, we've seen Alex Anthopoulos be a master of the one-year deals, you know, and and just the fact of signing guys to one-year deals is masterful because you're not stuck with a guy for, you know, for this eternity as Braves players, I mean, as Braves fans have seen in the past, how the Braves have been stuck with Dan Ugla and been stuck with, you know, um, uh, BJ Upton and, and whoever you know, guys that that they had to rid themselves of those contracts. And, and so, like, it's great bringing in these one-year guys. And I get this year, the one-year guy of Cole Hamels, like, didn't work out. And it is what it is. Just, it just seems like after Mike Soroka, they just decided of, like, this team isn't winning. And, and, and like, like I was saying earlier, it is one of those, I feel like Alex Anthopoulos in this front office looked and said, it is not worth mortgaging our future if we're still unsure whether we can win this year. And so we'll just 
wait and see and maybe something happens. I just wonder what's going to be out there in the market this offseason to bring in for next year because it seems like Clevenger could solve the immediate and the future. Yeah, uh, I again, I'll reiterate. I think if you were, if you do the Clevenger deal, I almost see it as like you, you're almost doing it more for next season yes. than yeah. than this season. Um, I have kind of a uh, hypothetical to ask you guys. So if Soroka does not get hurt, let's say Soroka does not get hurt, and you go into this trade deadline and you don't make a deal, are fans happy with that? Because the way I see this clevenger deal as it relates to this season is essentially you're like replacing soroka in that starting rotation it's like um and so I, i'm just curious as to whether people like i i i understand i understand I, what I, you're trying I to think, say joe but they still had a problem even with soroka the problem is just exacerbated now without him that's my point yeah, and that's fair. And they, but uh, like again, this this Braves team, I was actually saying this on the radio last week, like th- this team is an offensive ball club. Sure. Like they're led by their offense. They despite all the pitching woes, they still have a I think what a plus 26 uh, run difference this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just scoring runs which like is crazy which is and insane. and this and the and the offense still hasn't even gotten going full bore uh, as, as good as they can be. So Yeah, but um, the the thing that we've seen in the past kind of time and time again is, yeah, the Braves are an offensive team, you know, they're scoring a lot of runs, but what happens when that well goes dry? Yeah. Well, not even uh, when the well goes the dry, season, but when you much harder in the postseason when you're going up against top. I pitching. mean, you yeah. build yourself a hole like you did in game five, where you give up 10 runs before you even get a chance to have a turn at bat. Yeah. I, I think, Will, that's a completely different situation, quite honestly, uh, just because I don't think any, any offensive team. I mean, I mean, throw the Yankees in that scenario. If they're, you know, if they're put down ten runs, they no, don't I'm not have... saying I'm not saying the Braves are at fault of that, but I'm just saying like that is a legitimate issue. Like you, like you have a situation where teams can put up crooked numbers on a pitching staff that's not uh, that's not set, and and no offense can overcome that. Yeah, I think my my issue when it comes to this team is <laughs> as much as they're an offensive team, uh, there are. There are moments like the other night against the Phillies where scoring 10 runs in the second inning should win you any ball game. I think up until that point, it had, you know, and obviously the Braves won. And so they continued the 68 game streak or whatever of teams scoring, um, you know, double digit runs in an inning and winning a ball game kind of deal, whatever the case is like that is a game. But just the fact that the Braves scored 10 runs in that inning and then followed it up with. You know, they they were having to play a close game. And it's one yeah, of those, like, yeah. you should be able to take a break in that instance. And so that's why uh, that's why I'm so hesitant to to put my faith in the Braves offense. Um, you know, I mean, that's just it's one of those. What have, what has won the Braves a World Series? The only other time, I mean, the only time they have won was incredible pitching. Uh, and so to your point, Joe, to your question, I want to answer your question of, if Mike Soroka is on this team and the Braves make no deal, is the fan base happy? I think the fan base is okay if Mike Soroka is on this team and no deal is made. However, I'm afraid that that might be naive because it's one of those things that I think if Mike Soroka was on this team and you weren't thinking about all of these other things, the fact that, well, who are you going to look at next year? You know, I mean, 
um, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to the future of this team as well as what's going to happen right now? Uh, I was put. I'm putting a lot of faith in Ian Anderson this year, and I think in that scenario, it would also be putting an equal amount of faith in Ian Anderson to fill up in that scenario the third spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how how incredible would it have been? If you could have said, Ian Anderson, like you're definitely a part of the future of this team, but for the moment, slide down to that four spot, and that's the guy that you're turning to in a four. You know, it's just one of those. Uh, I think Braves fans would have, they would have been like, oh yeah, 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 we'll be fine, we'll be fine. Um, but having Soroka go down and having to deal with this reality, in my opinion, has been, you know better for like looking at what the team actually has rather than just kind of being like well yeah they'll they'll figure it out you know this is enough uh it's yeah i don't i don't know i've i'm on the record as saying i'd still be pissed but that's just me (laughs) i want to i want to just one more thing from this rosenthal thing just to hammer this in yankees didn't upgrade rays didn't upgrade twins white Sox, astros all did nothing um but there was only one top 100 prospect that was moved like it was just a weird it's just a weird trade deadline can we can we admit i think in, in the brave situation it was especially weird because of this soroka situation uh and everything that's going on go ahead the the braves aren't either of those two teams like currently the, the, braves Rays, are the weak link in the national league among the division leaders absolutely uh well so for the yankees i get the yankees not going all in because something's got to happen with their like strength and conditioning sure. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, yeah. where every other week, Judge or or Stanton is going down, and then they've got pitchers going down, and Garrett Cole's out here blaming, saying that you know he's like, sipping pitches. Yeah, well, he I feel like he's after what Garrett Cole said last night. He's wanting to say that the whole league has trash cans. You know, like yeah, that, yeah, because he's like very questionable. Yeah, what he was kind of alluding to there. Yeah, f- acting like you know, yeah, well, teams are. Teams are figuring me out, and they should. They're certain. Yeah. They're certain what I'm like. The board, they're swinging yeah. with certainty. Guys, the, the board is wrong. Is the only the only acceptable <laughs> excuse. The board must be wrong. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait till Fulty's starting Game Three of uh, you know some other no, series Joe. against the no. Cubs. <laughs> no, don't well, do it to me. We made it through a whole podcast and uh, didn't mention Ender and Ciarte once. So I feel like that's personal growth. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <sighs> Yeah, that just okay, can I can I say one more thing? Yeah, go ahead. I've defended Alex Anthopoulos uh-huh. a lot on on this show. Um, do not understand like if 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 a guy like a Christian Pache is a guy that you're not willing to trade, freaking play him. Like, right. like especially I don't, I, like, if he's on the taxi squad. Right. Oh my god that that makes no sense to me. That makes absolutely zero sense. We we might talk about the Braves a little bit more on the field next time we reconvene. But until then, we will take our somewhat perturbed nature and say so long for right now continue to follow us on twitter at willie p style at atl johnson 18 at j patrick 200 also send us questions we'll answer them on this very batter up podcast if you have any of them to posit toward us for joe patrick for caleb johnson i'm will pelagic thanks for listening to batter up a radio.com a 99 the game exclusive you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.